0: Herbs have been used by people since the dawn of time. When Rockefeller introduced allopathic medicine, many herbal remedies fell by the wayside as people put their faith in prescription pills and the world just gets sicker. Here at Heathen Herbs, we look to the past and to nature for answers. We offer tinctures, magnesium skin cream, lip balm, tooth
1: powder, colloidal silver throat spray, and more. Check us out at HeathenHerbs.com.
2: You've made a serious investment in protecting yourself and your family. You've purchased a gun, the ammunition, the training, and even secured a license to carry in your state. You know the Constitution and don't believe you should have to pay for a right that you already have as written in the Second Amendment, but you are law-abiding. Now you are considering the legal defense options you should have if you ever have to use a firearm. Self Defense Fund is a comprehensive litigation membership, backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs, and more, up to one million dollars per incident and unlimited attorney costs per member. Discover SelfDefenseFund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time. Reality check.
3: Hold on, right there, my friend. Uh, That's very interesting. And giving you a little bit of background on our featured guest for the evening, Stefan Bracus of Arctos Media and Europa Terra Nostra. A little bit of background on who he is and what his story is. We'll be back with hey more there, next. GPC family, This is James Edwards, your host of The Political Cesspool. Folks, I want you to subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper. Against all odds, AFP has and continues to publish a populist, independent print newspaper with an unparalleled track record. Founded by a dedicated group of experienced patriots, AFP pulls no punches and tackles the most controversial and pressing issues facing America from an America First perspective. I've worked with the American Free Press since even before the beginning of TPC. Now that's something. You can subscribe to the print edition by visiting AmericanFreePress.net today or simply pick up a handy digital edition subscription. However you do it, subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper, by visiting AmericanFreePress.net or by calling 1-888-699-NEWS, AmericanFreePress.net. Rampant hacking, identity theft, mass surveillance. Defending yourself today is not an option. It's a requirement. Introducing the Conceal Shield Travel Pack from DefenderShield.com. Conceal Shield is cutting-edge wireless blocking technology that eliminates all signals, including EMF, GPS, and RFID. Place cell phones, credit cards, IDs, and other trackable items into the Conceal Shield, and they become totally invisible. Get Conceal Shield now at DefenderShield.com. Use promo code CONCEAL for 10% off. Guard your privacy, secure your data, and protect your health with Conceal Shield.
0: Listen to Resolution Radio Radio Radio. ResolutionRDO.com.
1: Welcome to the Fire and Trainers Podcast, season five, episode four, published on March 28, 2023. In this episode, we'll be talking with Brian Eastridge about continuing education. I'm your host, Rob Beckman, and sit back and relax for this week's episode of the Fire Trainers Podcast. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at the FTA the firearms trainers association visit the website at ftaprotect.com to learn more about their instructor coverage they offer and their competitive pricing all certified instructors can apply for fta coverage and remember for listening to this podcast you can get 10% off on your policy by entering promo code ftp10 at checkout this episode is brought to you by lsr classic trainer break the 180 degree plane by using lsr to set up a realistic shooting scenario for yourself or with others Dry fire practice is used by professionals all the time, so why not introduce the benefits of it to your students? Use LASR Classic to reach students who may not have a firearm or when a range is not close. Use LASR to help break students anticipating a shot. Have the students practice engaging multiple targets in their house or place of business. LASR is easy to set up and tear down because all you need is a Windows laptop with a webcam to use it. That allows you to set up anywhere you can take your laptop. The application also works with any laser device, from laser cartridges you put in your firearm to dedicate laser trainers. LSR is vendor-owned and operated Find out more information at lasapp.com and receive a 10% discount for listening to this podcast by using discount code FTP10 at checkout. We bring this podcast support in the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, Every firearm instructor in America like you that dedicates time energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Today, we're joined by Brian Eastridge from Off-Duty, On-Duty podcast. Welcome back, Brian, and thanks for taking time again tonight to talk to our listeners.
2: Thanks for having me on again. Appreciate
1: it. Yeah, I was just looking. This is, I think, your uh, fifth time on. So you're definitely one of our frequent flyers, to say the least. Yeah, it seems like it, it, it's been a
2: while, but uh, I think, I'm coming up on two years on the off duty on duty podcast. I don't know what your.
1: You we're, have... we're coming up on almost four. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Little, uh, we start started this uh, discussion of uh, 2019 shot show. So it's an easy one to go along. That we launched it in April, uh, 20, uh, April 20, April 2019. So, Excellent. But, been a long, long time. A lot of different topics, and that's where you've been on several times. And that's where tonight's topic. I thought you'd be, you know, very apropos to go along and talk about a little bit. Want to talk about continuing education for instructors because in my in my time of instructing, I've seen things change. In my time of uh, you know being a being uh, a shooter, I've seen things change. And that's one of those things to where, um, you know, we've all got to be aware of it, especially as instructors that we stay current with what we're teaching current with how we teach current doing things. And I thought you might have some ideas on how our listeners can say, can stay current through, you know, various means.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I
2: like, I, I have been engrossed in continuing education for, uh, for quite a while, actually. Uh, that's, that's something that, uh, something that's kind of near and dear to me at the
1: instructor level. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and especially I'm sure from a law enforcement perspective, you know, continue education is one of those things that you are forced to have, but from an instructor standpoint, you've got to also take it upon yourself to make sure you're staying current with the guns, the methods, tactics, um, you know, changes in first aid changes and all the, all the different aspects of being a good instructor. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, First, very broad question, Brian. What are the areas that you think instructors should really think about getting continued education in?
2: Well, one is uh, adult learning, and it, and that one stays pretty constant, right? It, it's you know, taste it, touch it, smell it. You know, visual, tactile, auditory is mm-hmm. is kind of the the big. <laughs> I make the joke. can you taste it, touch it, smell it, feel it, whatever. but but really, adult learning theory doesn't change all that much. It doesn't really deviate a whole lot. but as instructors, you gotta you gotta stay on top of the things that that are important to the generation or the the crowd know your audience that you're you're conveying information to. And those things tend to change, you know, cultural stuff. Uh, let's see uh, equipment stuff there. There's just a lot of little minutiae that, that we're seeing now versus 20 years ago, we didn't really have to contend with.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, 20, 20 years ago, you had a lot of, you know, you know, double single action type of semi-automatics, you and then you've got you know in the last 10 years you've got striker fires taking over uh for that and all the manufacturers have some type of striker fire you know glock smith and wesson uh sig all they all do for it. but then also too um, one of the things you know that's that's really taken i think the industry by storm has been the uh, red dot sites you know go, yeah. going along and have them on your gun because i don't think there's gun manufacturer out there that doesn't offer models with, you know, mounting plates on them or people that are interested in having, you know, red dots on their guns. There isn't a gunsmith that, you know, isn't providing some kind of milling service to mill it off and, you know, tap the screws for them. So there's a lot of, a lot of things have changed even even while, even while we've been in the industry in the last 20 years, it's it's changed significantly when you really think about those uh, couple changes there.
2: Yeah, I think the biggest, the most significant thing that I've seen is with the advent of like YouTube, Instagram, Facebook videos, things like that. Uh, and, and I'm even somewhat accustomed to it now is, you know, pretty much everybody is carrying an iPhone or an Android phone and they can make a high quality video of anything, uh, on the fly uh Mm -hmm. i did it at shot show for uh through targets i was just kind of playing around and I, i i did a video for them uh with aaron and and we had a that and then caleb Giddings, and i'm like man i'm 43 years old and i am able to capture a video and upload it for the entire world to see within about 20 minutes of of actually capturing the video right with minimal editing and you you have all this information conveying technology in your pocket, uh, and because of that, that what I've seen the biggest change I've seen is the learning curve from the entry level shooter to somebody that has really mastered the fundamentals has gotten considerably shorter. And now there's a lot of garbage out there on the on the the interwebs. There's mm-hmm. there's there's plenty to sift through. But what I'm seeing is younger shooters are getting far more proficient, far faster than I've ever seen in the last 25 years. Right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, they can. I mean, literally, you can go along Google and you know find videos of you know good holsters, good, mm-hmm. you know good guns, you know accessories for them, you know all those types of things. There are people out there doing a lot of different um, topics. Uh, and it's it I think really helps to educate people. At the same time, you touched on it to where we also have to be very discerning about you know who do we listen to because everybody's got a phone, everybody can record something. That doesn't mean everybody is a expert or gives you good good advice. And, and you know having having good what good filter there to filter out the noise where somebody who just, you know, for whatever reason is not giving you straight advice, you've got to be able to filter those out and realize, hey, this is a reputable person who's put out, you know, a lot of videos, quality videos that people have comment on. And here's some people that put out videos that, you know, the biggest thing they want to do is they just want to get a whole bunch of people arguing on on the internet for it. And obviously those aren't worth, you know, the time listening to them.
2: Yeah. And That's a slippery slope, man. Like I, and I, I see this a lot, uh, in the last five years, especially training new people, newer people will come into a class with a, some type of a preconception about how that, that is going to be executed or what your, your beliefs and your, uh, your methodology are. So you, you, you really have to be abreast of a lot of this stuff. And sometimes that means sitting down and watching some absolute tomfoolery. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And one of the things I caution newer shooters about is, is hey, you know, you you need to have a, a foundation so that you can learn to eat the meat and spit out the bones. Right. And I'm seeing that curve between like entry level shooter and, like master instructor level get really short and and I think it's good and it's bad has pros and cons to it mm-hmm. uh, because we have people that are being very innovative I mean the red dot thing five years ago was just kind of a pipe dream now it's everywhere right um now granted those of us that have been in the industry a long time have seen these trends before and so we already kind of have a an idea of you know or an opinion about uh, about implementation and training methodology and things like that and so some of it can kind of run off the rails so to speak and kind of the elder people or i say elder not like in age but the people that have been around for a while kind of try to rein that information in and go look this is how you integrate this this is not a there's not, nobody has reinvented the wheel since probably the 30s, right? Mm-hmm. But we take different training methodologies. We take different adult learning theories and things like that to try to implement these things. So, so with that shortened learning curve comes a lot of, uh, a lot of headache and heartache because, and, and I've been guilty of it as well, where, you know, you're teaching something you believe in and then it, Fails, and and you go. Oh man, I have to really do a, you know, an inventory here and figure out why that failed and what I'm saying, what I'm teaching, what I'm conveying. Why is it not? Why is it not performing on the range or, Mm -hmm. or in actual defensive shootings? Right. So, so it's an interesting time we're in. We're in the golden age of information traffic travel. Uh, I'm sure. When you started into training, you know, some of our best resources were like books and these, Mm -hmm. these soft cover things they called magazines. And and we would actually have to read and sift through that information. And a lot of it was, let's face it, a lot of it was to uh, sell the products that were in between. (laughs) The magazine articles. Yeah. So,
1: and then that's what you had to sift through because yeah. it's like, okay, how much, you know, what, what's he really saying that's unique about this that I need versus go, just going along and saying, hey, this is a nice, shiny object. Everybody go out and buy it. it. Exactly.
2: And, uh, that, uh, that is something that, you know, guys like, uh, bulky Dobbs, Annie McMood, Michael Burgess, all these dudes that are kind of in my circle, we talk about this stuff all the time about things we've seen before, uh, how it failed, how it excelled. Um, and there's really a new resurgence in old knowledge, mm-hmm. which, which I find really fascinating because it's really reconnected me with some of the stuff that, that I learned 25 plus years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and, we now have access to that information that we didn't have before. Uh, Before, you know, a few people would publish books and and I'll give an example. And it, like Cirillo would publish a book and people would tear pieces of that apart and, and really dive into that, that material. Well, now you can Google it. Now you can go watch an interview with the guy on YouTube that, mm-hmm. you know, if you didn't, if you didn't watch TV in the eighties, you would have never seen that. Well, now it's right at our fingertips, and we can, we can really uh, get access to some firsthand account of, of people that have been there, done that, seen it. So, so yeah, on the instructor side, uh, it's, it's really a, like a golden age of information.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, and the instructors, uh, you know, can go out and find, Find a lot of information where you've got to realize that, you know, there's depending upon the generation that the students come in, they can either be very well-versed in, you know, the videos they watched and the you know, articles they they, they uh, read or they, you know, they're an older generation and they may have a little bit less information at their fingertips because they're more used to the magazines, uh, which, you know, don't really exist very much. You know, there's, uh, you know, only a couple of magazine, gun magazines really left anymore that are getting published every month.
2: Yeah. And I saw that shift really prominent. I saw it coming and, uh, you know, like 2008, nine, right in that era, uh, I'll never forget, like one of the rifle companies used to sell a signature rifle and it had a video series attached with it. And then Magpul Dynamics came out and they started pushing information out on video. And then, you know, Pantio Productions and all these different things started just bombarding shooters with information. Uh, And a lot of it, higher quality information than we had seen before. Mm-hmm. So when we the, the gun industry seemed to be about five years behind the digital age curve. And then when it started, man, it was just. A, a deluge of information coming at you almost daily. Mm. And, and I can remember hanging at, you know, hanging out at the gun range and somebody going, Hey, have you seen the YouTube video of so-and-so doing executing this drill or, or this, you know, this set of standards, et cetera. Whereas 15, 20 years before we had, we had what we had like police qualification standards, the FBI qualification standards if you were a a purist a hardcore guy that knew about like the bakersfield qual or something like that uh but really like that 2007 8 to like 2012 era right there the the whole gun community just got drilled with with information (laughs) so
1: And, and it hadn't really slowed down no there's more and more uh coming out, and uh actually I've got the podcast coming out after uh this one is actually gonna be talking about YouTube videos and you know how firearm uh, instructors can take advantage of that because it's a you know a modern technique and a way that you can go along and reach your uh students or, you know, at least get them more acquainted with how you teach and such. And it's one of those things, even for myself, I'll say I'm very interested in that podcast because uh, I don't do much YouTube. I watch YouTube, I don't generate a lot of YouTube. And it's something that as an instructor for my continuing education, I'm gonna be taking a lot of notes and we may see some more YouTube videos of uh, mine coming out in the near future.
2: Yeah, I and on the instructor side, you know, if you want, if you want to dive into that a little bit, um, I think it's really important to go get some firsthand experiences. And that's something that I think with the flow of information, the, the, the deluge of information that's out there right now, sometimes you're better served to go get in a classroom environment mm-hmm. and, and explore some of that stuff. And and then from that kind of develop your own opinions right or your own uh your own take on things and what i find more and more and more is the the more that i do that the more rooted i get in i won't call it the ancient text but the older knowledge that's out there so you know stuff that came from cooper and fitzgerald and things like that and And you start to really see how much correlation there is with a lot of the stuff we're doing now. Um, So, you know, it's an interesting time. Everything's cyclical, but right now we have a lot of information out there.
1: Mm -hmm. Yep, definitely. So that covers some of the broad areas, um, what instructors should think about and, you know, to improve themselves and why. Um, You got any idea? any thoughts on some really good conferences that would, um, you know, help instructors, you know, keep growing year after year type of thing?
2: Yeah. And, and I tend to lean towards, uh, the conference environment as an instructor to, you know, kind of get a a general overview of a lot of what people are teaching. Um, and there's, (laughs) I've taught it several of them, so it, it, it's kind of a double-edged sword because the last thing you want to do after you've been sweating on the range for four or five hours is, well, I think I'm going to go set in a lecture. You know, <laughs> it can yeah. be a bit challenging, right? Uh, but in a conference environment, you know, you're not immersed for three days in something that day one you go, eh, this isn't for me, but I'm going to hang out for the next two days and blow through 900 rounds of ammo just to go, I didn't mm-hmm. really, it didn't really apply to me. So I tend to like stick to one day or a conference environment, like a one day immersive training environment or a conference. And then the other thing I do is like once a year, I try to take a three-day course, even if it's not something that's, you know, or two to three-day course, even if it's not something that I'm really all that intrigued by it's just uh one it helps support the instructor community and two maybe there's something there's some nugget there that i'll i'll peel out of it but uh but as far as conferences go you know the guardian conference which you know i've been a presenter there for the last two years and coming on three Mm -hmm. uh, at least i think i'm presenting so yeah (laughs) jacob firm that up guy no i'm kidding um and then I, I try to go to Tom Givens, Taccon every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is very, uh, he's very conscious of switching the subject matter up every year, every other year to where, you know, the conference I went to in 2019 is not the conference I'm going to in 2023. It, it there's a rotational flow of information there. So, and I appreciate that. It's, same with Guardian, um, you know, Guardian's a little bit smaller conference, but, uh, you know, every year it seems like uh, Riley and Jacob kind of switch the instructor about 50% of the instructors up mm-hmm. uh, by design to kind of bring in some fresh aspects and outlook and all that. And there's there's four or five of us that kind of teach the same thing year over year over mm-hmm. year to, you know, immerse newer students into that and then um and, and i'm a big fan of like a one day course i i love it cuz i can go for one day and even if it's something i'm not terribly interested in it's only a day <laughs> like you know what i'm saying like it's it's yep, only a day but uh but yeah and 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 i've i've even done things like go and take the NRA basic course or go and mm-hmm. take the uh uh like a concealed carry course even if it's not a state uh, mandated requirement just go set in one if you're an instructor go see what the go see what the grassroots looks like so that you can see what the the generation of shooters coming up is is being exposed to uh, i i have a dear friend in texas uh bill uh or as we refer to him the den mother great dude he um he goes and takes the texas uh, what is it? License to carry course every yep, single. Yeah. He takes it every year and, and doesn't tell anybody he's already had it for like the last 30 years. He just goes and takes it so that he is completely up on all of the standards that they're teaching every year. And I'm like, doesn't that get old? And he goes, no, man, they, they change stuff every year. And I have this 30 year history or 20 year history of, of, of,
1: the changes that have gone on there. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's Yeah, I, I encourage, uh, you know, now with the uh, states around me are gone constitutional carry, I encourage people to, you know, take a concealed carry class. And, you know, because I tell them, hey, you may not be required to do it, but you may really appreciate understanding the law before you make a mistake. And, you know, that's where it comes down to. It's your right to constitutional carry, but it's also your responsibility to know and understand the law or else you could be on the wrong end of the law. Yeah, absolutely. Um,
2: We, when Oklahoma went to a constitutional carry state, we had uh, had a few local instructors that were doing free seminars on just the legal block that was required for the entire concealed carry permit process. And, For about 90 days, they were booking classes one after the next full of people. And then all of a sudden it just kind of went away. And then there was another surge of people that were like, oh, I didn't realize that constitutional carry doesn't really apply when I drive to Dallas. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, yeah, so all of a sudden people are like, there's this uptick in concealed carry permits. And it was just this ebb and flow for the last four or five years since that happened. So,
1: Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, uh, you know, education and as instructors, um, you know, constitutional carry is probably one of those really good areas to where on the one hand we can all get, you know, um, Really miss the good old days when you went along and said a concealed carry class Saturday, eight a.m. Be there, and you'd fill the classroom. And now you go along and you do a concealed carry class once a month, and you know you're hoping for at least six people to show up. Uh, those types of things. But at the same time, it also gives you the opportunity to go along and relook at your uh, marketing relook on what the classes that you're teaching if you don't have to teach as many concealed carry classes maybe that opens opens up to where you can take some mm-hmm. some training and offer you know a different style course to them you know like you said you know they were doing uh just legal aspects of uh, constitutional carry so that people could understand um you know that can be a valuable resource and guess what you go along and educate them and then they go along oh I really didn't know as much as I thought I did. So I better, you know, I'll, I'm going to show up for that Saturday, that class on Saturday because it's going to be covering a lot more of what I need to do. And even if I decide to constitutional carry, at least I'll be going along and knowing that I'm doing it properly.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the instructor side, I really, it's an interesting paradigm. Once you kind of get to the level of like a proficient instructor and, and I'm not like, blowing smoke or anything. It's just when you hit a level where you've kind of got your opinions formed, sometimes it's good to really explore some alternate opinion. If that makes sense, like, mm-hmm. uh, man, go to a USPSA class or something different and just look at, because look at, look at it from another view, because if nothing else, the chances now are pretty high You're going to get somebody in a course that's gone. Well, you know, I'm a USPSA B card or a card shooter and I'm trying to get better at XYZ. Uh, and maybe you're teaching a shoot, just a raw shooting course or application of fundamentals, whatever it is. So being able to speak that person's language is Mm -hmm. a pretty, pretty handy piece of information to have, right? And, uh, and I've seen that a lot. I've seen that more in the last two years than I ever did before. Uh, I had people showing up to my classes that were pretty, I would say like B card, a card expert, low master score IDPA guys that are just looking to unlock something. And, uh, you know, they're teaching or they're, they're coming to my course to get like marksmanship fundamentals in the context of, of application. And they're it's been a really interesting shift because a lot of these guys were really good competitors and then being able to speak their language as to how that applies to them. And, you know, I didn't just accidentally learn that stuff. I actually had to like go and do some of that stuff to, to be able to break that language barrier a little bit, like, uh you know like speak to their rule book a little bit and and how these things apply to that uh and also for the defensive community how to teach them to be safe responsible gun handlers
1: and not violate the law unintentionally right mhm yep all very important things to go along and do and um you know it flows right into the whole marketing aspect of it if you can market talk the language uspsa then um you'll probably have more more people coming to you because they'll be going back to the match and say you know this guy took i took this class from really helped me out and shaved you know two tenths of a of a second off my you know total score and that's what everybody's looking for when they get into those higher levels it's not you know seconds it's you know tenth of a tenth of a second to, to go along definitely what are some of the, um, you got any specific recommendations when it comes to specific training classes that you, you think are good at this point in time for instructors to really take a good look at?
2: Yeah, I, there are, there, there are a couple, a couple, three or four, but, uh, the, the ones I've, I've really gotten fond of are, uh, one range master with Tom Gibbons. uh, that will change your perspective as to why you carry a gun and why you train. Uh, it will give you some insights into things that uh, a lot of us, you know, even experienced instructors, and I don't consider myself to be like a this grand, enlightened instructor, but uh, but I've been at it a while. And Givens Rangemaster changed the way I thought about teaching. Um. And the serious aspect of it. And then if you get the opportunity to go to gun site, that uh, which that's on my radar this year, I'm going to go do a 250 this year once I get the hip healed up. Um, you, you have a curriculum that takes people from essentially I've never held a gun before to like doing some very basic, like, uh, movement with the gun and decision-making with the gun, the marksmanship aspect, and they do that in five days. And I'm fascinated to see how that happens. Um You know, I used to have people who, well, I've been through XYZ course. And I'd go, mm, okay. Uh When somebody tells me, yeah, you know, I'm a gun site 250 graduate and this, that, and the other, I go, oh, okay. Well, they've been immersed in this culture and they understand They have a, they have a a good grasp of, of, uh, the fundamentals and how to execute them under some degree of pressure Mm -hmm. and, and also maintain, you know, range safety and personal safety, et cetera. So, uh, yeah, I would say gun sight. And then, uh, I'm a big fan of like, uh, like Ernest Langdon. I, I think his, Tactical Pistol Skills Course is an absolutely incredible instructor development course. So, if you're a new, you know, a newer shooter, you're going to learn a lot. If you're an instructor, you're going to learn a whole lot. So, uh, I, I'm really fond of that program. Um, just trying to think of some other ones off the cuff here. Oh, geez, man, I've been to like a ton of them, and um, <laughs> kind of coming up short, you no, know, uh, but. But those three for me are, are really good. And then if you, if you're an instructor, a practitioner, so to speak, I, I think, you know, Wayne Dobbs and Daryl Bulky with hits do a, a fantastic job of mm-hmm. get you up to speed with marksmanship and then have you making application of force decisions. Those are, those are excellent courses. Um, and then. On the instructor side, and this is me speaking to instructors, I have met instructors that have instructor certifications at the wazoo that only understand a polymer striker-fired system. That's their that's their base of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, and Expand I would it. say, <laughs> what's that?
1: Expand it besides the, the striker fire.
2: Yeah, I would say you need to have a pretty good grasp of of uh, all the platforms that are out there and not just a functional knowledge, like a pretty good depth of knowledge of, you know, a single action 1911 style gun, a DASA gun, 226 slash uh, Beretta 92, the striker fired mm-hmm. guns, you got that. They're all kind of, you're either on the trigger or you're not. Um the CZ style guns have really made a a big comeback in the last few years, mm-hmm. and even though they're a DASA gun, they don't work quite like a uh, Beretta or a, a Sig. Um, things like that. You need to expand and broaden your horizons, and if you are in the instructor realm, uh, even revolvers now are on the uptick. So. Yep it would behoove you to really have a good knowledge base there. Um, You know, I came from a background where I was immersed in that by default and I just kind of expected everybody understood that kind of stuff. And, and that's, that's really not the case. Uh When you get into the private sector world, a lot of people tend to be very gun centric uh, and that it just, is incumbent upon you to learn those platforms. And it's kind of like the rifle thing, man. It's like learn the AK platform, learn the AR platform and learn a bolt action platform. And mm-hmm. they're not all equal and they're not all the same. And if you want to speak with some, from some position of authority, you need to have a really good
1: grasp of how all those things work. Definitely. Most definitely. Well, that's uh, been very informative. Um, uh, Brian uh, Fort. I hope our guests, our listeners got some good information out of that. Um, we've got a new question this year in season five and forgot to ask us ahead of time to prep you. So you're the first one to be asked this question completely cold. Can you name an event class or place that you feel that second amendment people should go do or see? Yeah, I can name a bunch of them. <laughs> <laughs> What's your top one?
2: Oh, man. Well, that's that's kind of a loaded question. I think if you're if you're a female shooter, you need to go to the a girl a girl in a gun conference. Just go. It's uh, I, I've never heard anybody that came back from that conference that had anything but absolute praise. You know, it, just singing the the praises of that that environment. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a brand new female shooter, you know, shoot like a girl is a good that man if you can get by their trailer i can get immersed into the culture um that that they're a great great organization um on the on on the dude side or the non gender specific side <laughs> um man the the guardian conference for one is a gathering of all skill sets you know all levels of experience that are you know they're just there to learn, and that it's it's a great environment. It's very, I won't say it's casual, but it's as close to like low pressure, low stress as you can get. And it's a great community of people with, uh, you know, the 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 Guardian Nation members. They're they're just fantastic human beings, and they're all there with the same the same goal: just learn more, get better. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then, you know, of course I'm, I'm biased to TACCON cause I, 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 really love the range master people there. And, and I hate to say people like they're this, this on an Island or something. It's, that's not the case at all, but you know, if you have the opportunity, if you get online quick enough to get a seat, uh, it, it's a fantastic organization. So those, those four, that's kind of like two that are pretty women specific and then two that are kind of, you know, come one, come all. Mm -hmm. Um, and and I'm really a proponent. Uh, this I've, I've never really talked about this before, but I'm really a proponent of, uh, getting more women involved in the shooting sports. It's just only been in the last four or five years that I've seen this, this like uptick in that, that's, that's pretty, uh, pretty large um and and that's something that you know it's kind of near and dear to me because i'm like i I got a mom i got a sister my gal Mm -hmm. you know I like i want them to be able to be proficient and and uh you know maybe not have to do that in an environment with a bunch of a bunch of type a dudes trying to you know teach them which
1: is is one of the reasons michael burgess and i have such a great relationship and so yeah Michael does a great you know women's class uh, we've had him on the podcast before yeah. and um you do know, your point you know I got a mom I got sisters I got you know daughter and you know wife and you know want them to be uh proficient in being able to defend themselves too and you know that's that's all part of uh the whole the whole you know shooting works and you've got to take that into consideration. So those are some really good um suggestions there for them well brian where can people find out more about what your schedule is and uh all the other stuff that you're involved in
2: well uh website still under construction two years later but uh, uh i i've got i've got a few loose ends to tie up before before i really uh do a lot of open enrollment training but uh facebook i've got you know it's just under my name. And then uh, I, I do keep that page kind of private. So if we don't have a lot of gun buddies in common, I'm not going to let you into the circle, <laughs> but uh, I do uh, off duty on duty. Anything I'm doing goes out over that platform. If I'm going to be somewhere, that's that's where that information flows is off duty on duty podcast at offdutyonduty.com. And then Uh, The belt company, we've got EDC Belt Co that there's some on social media there uh, that that, like if we're going to be at an event or something like that with the belt company. And typically that means I'm teaching there (laughs) or if not, I'm I'm at least involved in it. Uh, And then what was the last one? I started a Patreon page for people that are kind of at home gun plumbers, (laughs) so to speak. So. I charge like three bucks a month. You get on there and I, I show you some videos on how to like maintain your gun or take it apart or troubleshoot it or, or, or whatever. Uh, just some information I didn't want out there on the, uh, the public platforms, so to speak. Uh, just wanted to kind of keep that a little more in-house. So, so I do that on Patreon. And, um, but for me this year, I'll be teaching at TACCON. It's booked up. I'll be teaching at Guardian Conference in September uh which tickets are selling fast get one now um mm-hmm. and then I I kind of round out the year the last event I do of the year mainly because the weather in the Midwest sucks about that time of year is uh I go to the Pat Rogers Memorial Revolver Roundup and I teach a couple revolver blocks um teaching a couple more this year <laughs> Another instructor kind of had to go do something else. So we I I got a another block there, but uh that's out at Gunsight every year and it is a fantastic event. Only uh, move it a little bit earlier in the year from November. It'd be really I know. Nice. <laughs> but, you know, I, I've got Gunsight's calendar on the wall right back here, and mm-hmm. uh you can see it, the audience can't, but man, they are booked up so really the weekend before Thanksgiving is about the only time
1: that we can feasibly do that. Yeah. I asked Ken Campbell about that and he laughed too. So,
2: (laughs) (laughs) well, they got a great problem. They got classes on top of classes stacked and I'm, I'm happy for them. And I, I, you know, their staff and their, their, uh, you know, their admin people up there are just great. Um, they treat you like family and, uh, it is an event that is all about passing the torch of knowledge about revolvers and all of a sudden there's this uptick and all these companies are <laughs> so uh I got that um got a couple other minor deals that I really can't talk about but uh mm-hmm. as those become a little more prevalent but but that's kind of my rounding out my year is uh tacon Guardian conference and then revolver Roundup and, okay. and I may do some open enrollment this summer I haven't decided yet it's just going to depend on how my hip injury goes here in the next few few weeks so
1: now well, hope for a quick recovery and that we can see you again out there at the uh, Guardian conference so it's always good seeing you uh, well, I appreciate it um well. Appreciate your time tonight, Brian. As always, you're a wealth of information. Recommend people check out your Patreon page and uh, what you're also doing. And uh, if people could see it, I am wearing an EDC belt right now. It's uh, my main uh, seven-day-a-week kind of belt, unless we're going dressy, um, you know, someplace important. So they are very good, very comfortable, and I use them for all kinds of stuff. So they are good belts. Thanks for that. And with that, thanks, Brian. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, Rob. That's a wrap for this episode, and I hope you found Brian and my conversation about continuing education helpful, and maybe you can even share that with some of your other instructor friends. Do you have a topic you'd like us to talk about or get some feedback for us? Email me at ftp at concealedcarry.com. Don't forget about the other podcasts on the Concealed Carry Network, the Off-Duty, On-Duty podcast hosted by Brian Eastridge himself and the original Concealed Carry podcast. And also, don't forget about the Guardian Conference coming up on September 15th to the 17th, 2023, out in Oklahoma City. It's a great time for training and to meet fellow-minded gun owners. Visit our sponsors, Special Firm Trainers Association at ftaprotect.com and check out their instructor insurance. Establishing a business was your first step. Your next step should be getting FTA covered. Remember to use promo code FTP10 for 10% off. We bring this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America, just like you, that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Stay safe, everyone.
0: You're listening to Resolution Radio, 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 Resolution ResolutionRDO.com. In the early 1900s, certain companies were off-gassing highly toxic fluoride gases into the atmosphere